Hello, everybody. Today's drink of the day is an iced green tea with toasted rice. Let me tell you about this green tea with toasted rice. It is so good. It's basically a tea bag with green tea and toasted pieces of rice in it. Self-explanatory. But the toasted rice gives the green tea this nutty, toasty flavor. Oh, it is so good. So I made some of that today and put it over ice and it's very delicious. And the fact that I'm drinking green tea should kind of foreshadow for you what type of mood I'm in today. I'm in a very cool, calm and collected mood. When I'm drinking cold brew, I'm in power mode. I'm in sport mode. I'm in go mode. I'm ready to raise my voice, talk passionately about things, etc. When I drink matcha, I'm kind of channeling that same energy, but maybe two notches down. And when I'm drinking iced herbal tea, I'm feeling like an intellectual. I'm feeling, again, as I said earlier, cool, calm, and collected. I mention my drink of the day to kind of help set the tone. This episode is presented by Haagen-Dazs. It's love at first bite with the new Haagen-Dazs Dulce de Leche bar featuring rich caramel Dulce de Leche ice cream swirled with thick, milky Dulce de Leche ribbons and dipped in milk chocolate. Indulgent? Yes. The perfect way to treat yourself? Absolutely. Find at retailers nationwide That's Dawes. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Imagine you find something that you love. Maybe you see your friend wearing a cool t-shirt and you're like, oh, I want that. And then they give you the website and you go onto it and it just doesn't feel quite right. That doesn't make you want to buy that t-shirt. A good website is crucial when it comes to selling your product or a brand. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. It's okay if you don't know the first thing about design. You can choose from professionally curated layouts with the Squarespace blueprint. Squarespace even has AI that can help you kickstart or update your website copy. If you're selling products, Squarespace makes checkout seamless for your customers with simple but powerful payment methods. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code EMMA. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, Opening Moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try Opening Moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. So anyway, let's get into today's topic. We're talking about YouTube today. I just, listen, I've been avoiding this topic a little bit because, not avoiding it, but I've been kind of waiting until the right time to discuss YouTube because 
I needed to get all my ducks in a row first. I needed to gather my thoughts. I needed to wait until an iced herbal tea kind of day came along where I was feeling cool, calm, and collected and could articulate my thoughts beautifully and in a relaxing manner. Anyway, I, I had to wait for the right time to talk about YouTube, but today we're going to talk about it. So basically, if you're listening to this podcast and you know nothing about me, the way that my career on the internet started was actually through YouTube. I started YouTube when I was 16 and by some fucking miracle, people liked my videos and I somehow became a YouTuber. I don't really know how it happened. I don't know why it happened, but yet here we are. <laughs> and so YouTube was the start of my career. It is how I have been able to do everything else I've done with my business. It's given me every opportunity I have. And for that, I am extremely grateful for it. And from the time that I was 16 to now, I have uploaded a YouTube video almost every week. I'm not going to say I've uploaded every single week because there's definitely been some weeks in there where I've skipped, but I've uploaded hundreds of videos approximately once a week for the past four years. For the past four years, not a week has gone by where I have not thought about YouTube. And when you think about something from the time that you wake up to the time that you go to bed, every single day, it takes a toll on you. It takes a huge toll on you. When something is that all consuming, burnout is completely inevitable. And throughout those four years of me creating YouTube videos, I've dealt with burnout time and time again. Burnout on YouTube is a little bit complex because it seems like something that shouldn't happen. Like there are heart surgeons out there that go to work every day and operate on human hearts, which is a very high stress, high stakes job that is probably astronomically more stressful than being a fucking YouTuber. Yet when they're burnt out, they have to keep going. They cannot just be like, oh, I'm too, you know, burnt out to be a heart surgeon today. They cannot say that. They cannot do that. They have to show up every day because there are lives on the line, right? So as a YouTuber, when I would get burnt out, I would be like, Emma, why? Why? You're not allowed to get burnt out, you bitch. You're not allowed to get burnt out because all you have to do is film a video, edit it, upload it, and then move on to the next week. That's it, babe. It's not that hard. So every time I'd hit a little 
bump of burnout where I'd run out of video ideas and I would have a meltdown every time I'd turn a camera on and my anxiety and depression would start to kind of creep in again. Whenever that would happen, I would look at myself in the mirror and say, you're not allowed to feel burnt out because you have the easiest job in the world. So suck it up and get over it because you're not allowed to complain. You're not allowed to be burnt out. And that's the end of the story. You have no excuse, period. And so anytime I would hit burnout, I would bully myself through it basically. And I wouldn't ever let myself take a break longer than a week. And I just kept pushing through because I was like, you know what? I have no excuse. And on top of that, the narrative around being a YouTuber is that you have to upload once a week minimum or else you will become irrelevant quicker than you can say the ABCs, baby. You will be done. If you take a month off, your career is over. That was the narrative in the YouTube community. I was friends with YouTubers and they would always say like, you can't take a week off. Like that is the worst thing you could possibly do for your channel and career. You have to be consistent or else you will fail. You'll fail and your career will be over and you will have to go back to your hometown and figure your shit out. You have to upload every week. That was like the narrative around being a YouTuber. So basically, no matter what was happening in my life or how burnt out I felt, I was on this hamster wheel of creating weekly videos. Now, I started to notice a lot of YouTubers were hiring teams to help film and edit for them so that their workload could be lessened a little bit. But I didn't want to do this at first because I felt like that would lower the quality of my content and that within itself would end my career. You know, like that would be the thing that would make people not excited about me anymore. So I refused to get help with creating my videos for probably two or three years. And I was doing it all on my own, filming my videos on my own, editing my videos on my own. And, you know, it was all consuming, you know, from the time that I woke up to the time that I went to sleep, it was all I thought about. Every time I was on a vacation, I was like, gotta take out my camera and film and vlog this experience. Every time I was with friends doing things. I was like, hmm, I wonder if my friends would be comfortable if I pull out my camera right now. It was constantly on my mind. But I also felt frustrated at many points because as I was on this hamster wheel of creating weekly videos and hitting burnout every few weeks, I felt like the weekly video structure wasn't giving me enough time to experiment and grow creatively because 
in order to experiment, you know, you need time. You need to try out stuff, right? But when you're creating a video every single week, you don't have time to experiment because your window of how much time you have to create a video for the next week is very small. And so I felt frustrated with my content and not excited about it at many points throughout creating YouTube videos on a weekly basis because I felt like I didn't have room to experiment and evolve my content. And that made me feel bad about myself because I was like, I don't like what I'm making right now. Like, I don't feel like it's the peak of what I could be making, but I also don't feel like I have the room to take a few weeks off, experiment and make something that I'm excited about. Because as I mentioned earlier, the narrative around being a YouTuber is that your ass better be uploading a video every single week or else you're done. You're done. So at a certain point, I decided to hire an editor who is amazing, very, very amazing editor. And I started to get help with editing my videos. And that was amazing for about a year because all I had to do was film myself once a week, send it off to my editor, and then he would edit it. And then that was it. And I was able to work a lot quicker and a lot more efficiently, right? But this eventually caused me distress as well because... I realized after handing off the editing job to my editor that my passion for YouTube is less rooted in filming content, but rather in the editing of, of the content. I was passionate about editing videos. That's what I loved doing. And so I quickly started to feel sad again because I was like, I don't get to do my favorite part of YouTube if I want to make videos efficiently and in a way that gives me free time, you know, because editing was taking up, before I got an editor, editing was taking up 30 hours of my week every week, you know, and I was not sleeping and I was like working myself to the bone, you know, trying to, get out a weekly video that was hand edited by me and it was not sustainable. I just couldn't keep it going. But then I handed off that job to an editor and then I felt empty without the editing portion of being a YouTuber. I kind of felt like my passion for YouTube was drifting away from me because editing is the storytelling, you know, editing is the artistic part of it for me and the creative part of it for me. And so YouTube stopped feeling as creative for me and it started to feel more like a job because I wasn't editing anymore. And then I was conflicted because I was like, well, I could look at YouTube just like a job because that kind of is what it is. It is a job, I guess. And I could just hand my footage off to my editor and turn a blind eye to it after that and just press upload and not give a fuck. I could do that. But that's not me. You know, that's not me. That's not passionate. That's not honest. And so after realizing that having an editor was kind of removing the passion from YouTube for me, I decided to start editing my own videos again. And at first this was great, but inevitably I hit burnout again. Now, 
let's backtrack a little bit to all the times I've hit burnout within the past four years. I've probably hit burnout 40 times. Every time I've hit burnout, it's gotten a little bit worse. It's like every time I hit it, it's a little bit worse than the last time. And this most recent burnout that I hit sent me into an existential crisis that has changed my life forever. I even made an episode a few months back about dealing with existential crises and how fucking awful they are because you question the meaning of life. You question everything, right? When you're dealing with an existential crisis, this most recent burnout that I had sent me into that headspace. This episode is brought to you by eBay authenticity guarantee at eBay. Authentic is always in season. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, it means their handbag experts are making sure your arm candy is nothing short of the real thing. They're checking all the details from the leather to the logo, carry all or clutch. We all love a handbag that turns heads. Knowing it's the real deal makes it that much sweeter. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you'll carry with confidence. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. Dating can be exhausting. Even just getting to the dating stage is a little bit overwhelming. You know, I'm not somebody who loves casually dating. I like to be in a relationship. Finding somebody you're attracted to is challenging enough, but then making sure that you're compatible is a whole other challenge. Well, Bumble is helping take some of the pressure off. Now you can make the first move or not. It's entirely up to you. Thanks to Bumble's new feature, opening moves. It's a simple way to start conversations. Just choose a question and let your matches reply to kick off the chat. Try opening moves on the new Bumble. Download Bumble now. And a few things happened. Number one, I realized for the first time, truly, how creating weekly videos on YouTube affects my life. I felt like I had no room to have a bad week. I had to be on camera once a week, minimum, every week. And some weeks, I'm sad. And some weeks, I don't want people to see my face. Some weeks, I wanna just be silent and quiet and cozy in my bed and I don't, want to have to, you know, leave the house and do extravagant things for a YouTube video. Some weeks I just want to do nothing. And I felt like it was more common than it should be that I was forcing myself to be in a good mood and forcing myself to go out and do stuff for the sake of my video because I didn't want to bring negative energy onto the internet, of course. But I also felt this pressure to be myself on camera. But sometimes if I was being myself, myself wasn't something I really wanted to show. It wasn't something I'm, I'm, I was proud of. Because sometimes I felt pessimistic. I felt negative. I felt mean. I felt sad. Sometimes I felt that way. And I didn't want to show that to the world. You know, I didn't want to show that to people. I wanted people to come to my videos and watch them 
and feel good. And if I'm in this shitty mood on camera, that's going to rub off on the people that watch. And so I felt like I could only show so much of my sadness on camera and so much, only so much of my discomfort because I didn't want to be a negative Nelly. But this left me no room to have human emotions and to have human days, right? Like sometimes there'd be a day where I'd have to film a video and I'd be like, I'm really sad today. I don't really want to turn on a camera. I don't have anything to say. But you know, I would say to myself, you have to upload every week. YouTubers upload every week or else they fail. Upload, upload, film right now, film right now. And I would bully myself into pushing through it. And I would cover up my pain. And my whole career, people have always been like, it's really cool that Emma's so honest with the people that watch her videos. Yet there were times when I was not fully being honest. And there were times when I was down bad for whatever reason, but on camera, I seemed pretty normal and fine. It was a mind fuck for me because on one hand, yeah, I'm honest on camera and I'm unapologetic about shit that I say. But on the other hand, there are times when even in a, in a weird way, my honesty was sugarcoated. It wasn't fully the truth because deep down there was shit going on that I didn't feel comfortable sharing. And so I was having this identity crisis where I was like, I'm only showing my best moments to the world, but yet people are watching this and feeling like this is truly me. And no one really knows about what's going on behind the scenes and I feel weirdly like a liar, even though I'm not a liar, but I felt like that. I had gotten to a point where I felt like I was trapped because I felt this constant pressure to be in a good place mentally so that I wouldn't have to lie and pretend that I was in a good place mentally. But nothing's gonna put you in a worse place faster than telling yourself, you need to be in a good mood. You need to be in a good mood because when you turn on the camera today, you need to be in a good mood or else you're faking a good mood and that's against everything that you stand for. I also realized that I had two options. I could either make videos completely by myself with no help and make them really good, but have no free time and no social life and get burnt out very frequently. But the videos be creatively my baby, right? Like my creation, which makes me feel the most proud of my videos. So I could have no free time, but be proud of my videos or I could hire a bunch of people to help me make my videos and I'd have a lot of free time, but I wouldn't be as proud of my videos because they weren't uniquely mine, you know? Other people were helping in their creation, which in turn makes them less intimate. They, it, it makes it less me. And I, I was at this crossroads where I was trying to choose one or the other. 
But then as I was trying to make the decision between having no free time, but being proud of my videos and having free time and not being proud of my videos, as I was, you know, dealing with this dilemma, sorting through this dilemma, I started to think about the concept of YouTube in general. And this led me down an even darker existential crisis where I'm like, what even is this? Like, what even is this? The concept of me just filming myself and then posting it and then that's it. And that's my job. I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? This is so weird. Like, how is this possible that this is my job? And I started to feel really stressed out because I was like, I don't understand how it's possible that this happened in the first place and this was able to be my job. I don't understand how I ended up here in the first place. So I don't know how I'm supposed to continue it successfully because I don't even really know how I got here. Like, if that makes sense, I felt this pressure to know what move to take next, but yet I didn't even understand how I succeeded in it in the first place. So I felt like I was making these decisions blindly. I'm like, I don't know why people want to watch my videos. I don't know why I like watching other people's videos. I don't understand the concept of YouTube. I don't get what people like about it. I don't know why it works. I don't know how the fuck this is even a job that people can have nowadays. I don't understand this. And because I don't understand it, I can't make an educated guess on what my next step should be. And this dilemma was weighing on me so heavily, yet I didn't have the time to sort through this dilemma because as I mentioned earlier, I'm supposed to be uploading every week or else, girl, it's not even going to matter what direction I take, editing my own stuff or hiring an editor and a videographer, it wouldn't even matter. If I stop uploading, people aren't gonna care anymore. So I'm trying to sort out how I can make YouTube something that I can do in a sustainable way. But I also felt like I didn't have the time to sort through it. And I was going back and forth on a daily basis, trying to come up with how I could do YouTube in a way that doesn't destroy me mentally as quickly as possible so that I could continue uploading on a weekly basis and the world wouldn't forget about me. But this dilemma destroyed me, really. It destroyed me. It, was, it, it drove me insane for months until... I got to such a dark place in this hamster wheel of being a YouTuber that I just said, you know what? I can't do this at all. I need to step back completely. I need to step back and heal from the years and years of burnout and give myself weeks, months, years if I need to, to figure out if it's something that I can do in a healthy way. And so that's eventually what I did. And so for the last few months, I haven't, I think two months, for the last two months, 
I haven't been doing YouTube and I haven't been thinking about YouTube and I've been focusing on my podcast, which is what you're listening to right now. And I've been focusing on my coffee company and I've been focusing on myself and figuring out what types of things I enjoy doing outside of creating weekly YouTube videos, because that's the other thing. Because YouTube has been so time consuming over the past four years, I haven't developed many hobbies outside of it. My whole identity, life, being was being a YouTuber. And I didn't have any room to develop hobbies or passions outside of it. And I need to do that. I need to do that for my own happiness. And I, I will say that after stepping back from YouTube, I'm in a better state mentally than I've been in the past four years, ever since I've taken a step back from YouTube. And I've just been focusing on my podcast and my coffee company and my family and my close two friends and trying to figure out what other things bring me joy outside of YouTube. I've just, I've never felt so emotionally stable, possibly even in my life. Like I can't, I couldn't tell you the last time I cried. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a panic attack. I can't tell you the last time, actually I could tell you the last time and it was when I was still making videos. But anyways, I can't tell you the last time I had a depressive episode. I have, I, I feel stable because I'm out of that hamster wheel of YouTube. And I don't feel like I need to be in a good mood all the time. I don't feel like I need to have something to talk about all the time. I don't feel like I need to spend my days doing interesting stuff all the time for the sake of my video. I feel like I'm allowed to just exist freely. And the way that I get to communicate with people who want to listen to me talk is through my podcast, which for me is a much more comfortable environment. I can record my podcast at any time of the day, no matter what I look like, in the comfort of my bed and nobody can see me. I'm just talking. It's almost like I'm talking on the phone and recording my podcast for whatever reason doesn't burn me out at all. I don't know why it just doesn't. And I love it and I love doing it. And I love working on my coffee company because I'm passionate about it. And it's like my little baby child that I want to be perfect. Um, and those are things that like light my soul on fire when it comes to my career. And so I've just been leaning into these things heavy and enjoying it. And it's funny because I'm not the only YouTuber that has stopped creating weekly videos and has decided to do a podcast or decided to create a company or has decided to quit altogether. I'm not the only, you know, YouTuber who has done that. There have been 
hundreds of YouTubers who have had to do that. And I think what it really comes down to is that the pressure to be a weekly YouTuber 365 days a year is unrealistic, yet it's the standard, right? It's the standard that YouTubers hold themselves to. But yet it's an impossible thing to keep up mentally. For all the reasons that I mentioned before, but also because it feels like every week you are taking a risk. You're like, this might be the video that people hate. You know, this might be the video that makes people not really fuck with me anymore. Or this video might be too similar to the last one, which makes it boring, which makes people no longer like me anymore. This video, I might have been in a bad mood and people might think that I had a bad attitude in this video and I might get a bunch of shit for it. Like every video you're taking a risk, right? And it's emotionally draining because you put so much time editing and recording the perfect video. And if it doesn't get the response that you wanted, it's gutting. And I don't know what it is about YouTube in particular. I don't know if it's the level of work that goes into it or if it's the intimacy of it, you know, where it's like a handcrafted video by you. And if people don't like it, that's like a stab at your personality. I don't know if it's that or if it's the fact that in theory, you're face to face with the audience that's watching that makes it more emotionally draining. I don't know what about it is so draining and so emotionally vulnerable, but there's something about it that's just so vulnerable. I don't know. I don't know. But it's not sustainable to do on a weekly basis. Simple as that. And I'm taking a break from YouTube for a while just so that I can fully heal, heal my burnout. And for whatever reason, I haven't cracked the code on how to be a YouTuber in a healthy way. I, I've, I never cracked that code. And, you know, I've actually never found a YouTuber who's figured it out. I think... YouTube is going to go through a very interesting shift in the near future because I think that a lot of people are realizing that being a daily vlogger, being, you know, a weekly YouTube uploader is almost impossible to keep up. It's it's almost impossible to keep up. And because of that, you rarely see a YouTuber create weekly videos for longer than a few years before they just quit because for whatever reason it's just so exhausting and emotionally draining this episode is brought to you by squarespace imagine you find something that you love maybe you see your friend wearing a cool t-shirt and you're like oh i want that and then they give you the website and you go onto it and it just doesn't feel quite right that doesn't make you want to buy that t-shirt. A good website is crucial when it comes to selling your product or a brand. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. 
It's okay if you don't know the first thing about design. You can choose from professionally curated layouts with the Squarespace blueprint. Squarespace even has AI that can help you kickstart or update your website copy. If you're selling products, Squarespace makes checkout seamless for your customers with simple but powerful payment methods. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code EMMA. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. When you're feeling down, sometimes it's good to be alone, but talking can also be a big help. Keeping everything bottled up is not great for your health. It would cause me a lot of stress and anxiety. It's almost like, I use this metaphor a lot, but it's almost like carrying a backpack around. And when you have stuff bottled up, it gets added to the backpack. And when you talk about it, you get to take it out of the backpack. Now the backpack's a little bit lighter. Once I got older and I learned how to communicate, I never stopped because I like having an empty backpack. It just feels better and my quality of life is better. When you need to talk and need a safe space, I highly recommend therapy. It's a great way to work through whatever's bothering you in a judgment-free place. There's something really special about having a resource to talk to that is not involved in your life on a personal level. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash anything today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash anything. I think it really comes down to, for me anyway, the fact that I don't ever want to put something out into the world that I'm not proud of. I just don't. And if I want to be consistent on YouTube, that would mean that I'm going to have to post videos that, in my opinion, are lesser quality so that I can continue to upload them on a consistent basis. And that is just something I I don't want to do. I would rather post nothing and people unsubscribe from my channel, block me, comment hate comments. I don't care. I would rather people do that because I'm not uploading than post a video that I'm not proud of because I've done it before and it's the worst feeling on the planet. I just don't want to do it. And the hardest part about this whole thing too, for me, is that I feel like it's so hard for me to talk about this stuff because I know how stupid it sounds. It's like creating YouTube videos is possibly in theory the easiest job in the world, right? Again, as I mentioned earlier, film, edit, post, that's it. So complaining about it or talking about the psychologically difficult sides of it just seems pathetic to me. You know, I'm like, God, it's like, it's so ridiculous. You know what I mean? But I think that there are sides to being a YouTuber outside of the actual work of it, like filming, editing, and uploading. I think that there's sides of being a YouTuber that are difficult that you wouldn't expect. Whether it's the lack of privacy that comes with putting, you know, your day-to-day life on the internet. Whether it's 
people commenting on your appearance on a daily basis, whether it's this constant pressure to keep up with the trends and be coming up with the next best thing every single week in that mental turmoil of trying to figure out what that is, is daunting. All of those things combined with the workload can just become overwhelming for a human. And most of the YouTubers that I know, all of the YouTubers I know, struggle with the same thing. And a lot of them have quit and they're done and they can't do it anymore. I think that there's a way to do it that's healthy. I think it exists, but it's definitely not the way that YouTubers of my generation have done it. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know how it's done. I know it exists, but I don't know. So for now, I'm taking a step back from YouTube. I'm letting myself heal from the yields. <laughs> I'm letting myself heal from the years of burnout. And I'm, I'm focusing on the parts of my career that excite me the most and make me feel the most excited. And right now that's my podcast and that's my coffee company. And I'm happy with working on just those things. And I miss making YouTube videos. I miss it, but I know that I'm not ready to revisit it yet. You know, I'm not ready to revisit it yet. I need to give myself a, at least a few months before I can revisit it and decide what I'm gonna do next with YouTube. I mean, the thing about YouTube is that anything is possible. You can make any type of video you want. There's no restrictions on what, well, I mean, there is. Like you can't upload a video of you like killing someone, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's virtually no restrictions on YouTube. You know, there you can create whatever you want. And because of that, I never see myself leaving YouTube for good. But I definitely see myself leaving the way I used to do YouTube, if that makes sense. I'm always gonna utilize YouTube as a platform for video creations of sorts. But what type of video I post on YouTube is probably never gonna be the same again. I, I don't know what it's gonna be, I don't. But I do know that I love creating videos. I, I like creating videos. I just need to figure out what types of videos and how often I can feasibly upload those videos. I need to figure that out. But I need to give myself time. I need to do some soul searching on my own where YouTube is not even a part of my life. I need to do some soul searching and some development and figure out who I am without YouTube as my identity. I need to figure all that out before I can go back. And so that's kind of what's on my agenda. But I will say that it was really scary 
to stop uploading to YouTube because I thought that everything was going to go down the drain because that's what I had convinced myself for the past four years. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. I'm fine. Everything's fine, right? Everything's fucking fine. And it's okay to take a break because even though I feel like I don't deserve one because I feel like I'm not allowed to complain, everything is relative and I do deserve a break if I need one. And I do need to take time to heal the burnout. And so that's what I'm going to do. So that's where I'm at with the whole thing. I'm really fascinated to see where YouTube evolves to because for the past five or so years, the main style of popular YouTube videos created by individual YouTubers has been vlog style videos where you take the camera around with you every day and that's the concept of the video, right? That's kind of been the staple style of YouTube video by individual YouTubers for the past five years. I don't think that's going to be true for much longer because I don't think that's what people are going to want to see in two years time because with every style of YouTube video on the internet, it gets old at some point, right? Like when YouTube first started, everybody was making parody music videos, right? Where they would like parody a music video. And then there was YouTube pranks where the biggest videos on YouTube were all pranks where people would prank people. And then that kind of died out. And then it was about challenges. Everybody was making challenge videos like eating 50 donuts challenge, shit like that. And then that kind of died down and then it became all about vlogging. And I feel like now vlogging is kind of dying down or at least it will soon. And I'm very curious to see what's next. I don't know what's next. I don't know what's next, but I think that YouTube is going through a huge shift, right? From one era of content to another. And I'm sitting back and just watching and we'll see what comes next. But it's a very interesting thing because I don't know, it's, it's hard not to feel like everything's already been done. Sometimes I look at YouTube and I think, is there any type of video that hasn't been made before? I, I've even found myself thinking this about other platforms as well, like Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. I'm like, hasn't everything already been said? Hasn't every outfit already been worn before? Hasn't every vlog been done by someone else before, you know? Like someone vlogs themselves waking up, getting coffee, going shopping, and then ending the vlog. Haven't we seen that hundreds of times? Like, I wonder what in the world could be next because I feel like the internet now at this point has been around for so long that it's starting to feel like everything has been done before. And personally, I like to do things that haven't been done before or take something and make it my own. But it feels like that's impossible now. 
And I don't know if that's true and that's just like a limiting belief that I have, or if it is true, maybe everything has been done before. In the beginning of the internet, we were pioneering at every turn, you know, because the internet was new. So the person who created the first vlog was a pioneer, right? The person who created the first cooking TikTok was a pioneer because everything is so new. But now everything's already been done millions and millions of times. So it's hard to come up with a unique and inspiring and fresh idea. But I think that that's just a growing pain of the internet. And I think that someone's going to figure out a new creative genre for YouTube. Um, and I'm excited to see what it is. Thank you for listening today. I just felt like I needed to talk about where I'm at with YouTube and why I'm not uploading on there and why I want to focus more on my podcast because this is the platform that I feel I can be the most expressive on, I can be the most myself on, but also I still can have a level of privacy in a way because I'm not on camera. I'm not showing my surroundings of where I am and what I'm doing. I'm just sitting in bed and I'm just talking to you guys like I'm talking on the phone and I feel safe and comfortable and I love it, you know, and this is, and this is something I really love doing and I want to develop it more and more as I see fit and evolve it in, in different ways. And I don't know. I mean, I'm just really excited. I think podcasting is, is so amazing. The other thing I like about podcasting is how I feel like you can integrate listening to podcasts into a, into your daily life in a way that's productive. Like you can listen to a podcast while you're doing your chores or while you're driving to work or school. Whereas when you're on Instagram or you're watching a YouTube video, you know, you have to be kind of focused, right? I mean, you can put on a YouTube video while you're doing your makeup in the morning or I don't know why you're cooking, but it takes a little bit more focus. I feel like with podcasting, you know, you can listen to it while you're doing your daily tasks. And that's something I like about it. Whereas I think that other platforms require extreme self-control and balance in order to be integrated into a healthy and productive lifestyle. I don't think podcasting is that way. Like, I don't think people get addicted to podcasts. I don't think people get unhealthily addicted to podcasts. Whereas with all other social media platforms, you can definitely get addicted in an unhealthy way to their algorithm and things like that. And so as much as I understand that these things are a necessary evil. And also, I, w I don't even want to call them a necessary evil because I think that other platforms are incredible. But I have a special love for podcasting because I feel like 
it's a form of entertainment that's similar to a book or similar to an audio book where there's more substance and it's more mind expanding. And I think that it's a very healthy form of entertainment. And I'm always trying to find the healthiest forms of entertainment for myself because I like to be entertained like anyone else, but I don't want to get sucked into an algorithm that's going to leave me feeling depressed after I'm on it for too long. You know, like how I used to feel with TikTok. I used to go on TikTok for hours and hours a day and I found myself feeling really anxious, really depressed, really unhappy because it was making me feel out of control because I couldn't stop using it and I was addicted to it. And the fact that podcasting doesn't have that effect is definitely a selling point for me. But anywho, um, that's all I got. Thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for supporting the podcast and you know coming back every week and listening and hanging out with me. And this is truly my favorite way to connect with you and I love breaking down topics and discussing them. That's one of my favorite things to do in life. And the fact that I'm able to do that on this podcast and that you guys want to listen is the most incredible and awesome thing. And I am just so incredibly grateful. And if you are a supporter of my YouTube channel, I want to thank you for all those years that I was grinding out those weekly videos for better or for worse. You know, if you're watching them and leaving nice comments, I really appreciate it. And I'm just very grateful for you guys. And I just am excited to lean into the podcast even more and see how, how far I can take it. Fuck it. Why not? Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Um, subscribe to Anything Goes on any platform that you stream podcasts. Follow the Instagram at Anything Goes. Follow the Twitter at AG Podcast. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you like. Check out my coffee company, ChamberlainCoffee.com. I sell all different types of coffee and matcha products and cute accessories. And I'm very proud of that company. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm very proud of that company. No, I, um, I recommend, I'm going to give a recommendation of what you should try. I think if you are new to Chamberlain coffee and you haven't purchased anything before, I would recommend getting the clear tumbler cup. It's like, it's like a tumbler cup, like one of those screw on plastic cups with like the lid and the straw um, that's clear. I have like seven of them and I use them on a daily basis and they're the most useful cups I own. Uh, and I would also recommend that you try our new instant coffee because, okay, listen, I've always been anti-instant coffee I've always been like, ew, like miss me with that shit. It's so gross. But actually, somehow we managed to to do it and it's not gross. It was not easy though. I will say a lot of instant coffee doesn't have the best flavor, but this instant coffee is genuinely tasty and it's so easy to throw in your bag. I would recommend you try that out. Um, 
Anyway, that's all I got. Thank you guys for listening. I can't wait to talk to you next week. Until then, I'm rooting for you and I love you. All right, talk soon. Bye, y'all.